afternoon, good morning, good evening, Screen Rats. Well, today we've got a great episode for you. Uh, this one is coming to you while I'm actually away in Belgium. I'm not at home, I'm on holiday with my family. And this week there will be no preamble or me going on about some kind of thing. We're just going to get straight into it. So picture the scene, it's 1997. I am at college, I believe, uh, in my second year or possibly, yeah, second and third year of college where I was learning stage management. Uh, got my degree in that in 98 where I passed with a first, uh, which was quite impressive for someone of low academic uh, stature such as myself. And I only got away with that because, uh, you know, I made it into a creative thing and sort of made my own stage in a way and, and kind of did a whole thing which I've talked about before on here, so I won't bore you. But um, during that time, I worked many, many jobs. Pizza Hut uh, being one of them, running around on a motorbike delivering pizzas, which I would combine with another job uh, working in coffee bars and uh, different coffee shops in London, one of which was Coffee Republic on the Strand. And... Uh, during that time, many people passed through that job. But one of my friends who passed through and we became close was uh, my friend Sanna Lenken. Now, Sanna was, I think she said she was 19 when she moved to London. And her and her friend uh, Ginny Goldman, I remember her as well. She uh, has gone on to do many things as well. Uh, but Sanna walked around London with a camera, taking photos all the time, always behind the lens, you know, looking, looking at things and looking for angles. And now, Sanna Lenken is an award-winning Swedish film director. I mean, she's won the Crystal Bear at Berlin Film Festival twice with her two films, My Skinny Sister in 2015, uh, followed by Comedy Queen in 2022. Uh, this is an award-winning film director, people, and we're going to talk to her right now. I haven't spoken to Sanna for 25 years, as mad as that sounds. Uh, we found each other on social media back in the day when sort of Facebook came up and things like that, I think. Um, and, you know, we didn't really talk much. Um, but when I started doing this podcast, I thought, well, I'm going to have to speak to Sanna. She's a film director. And not only that, she was literally the director of my favourite TV show that I've seen in, in years. It's called The Thin Blue Line in English. You can get it on Viaplay in the UK. But this show is unfucking believable It is my favourite TV show in, like, years, really. Uh, it's about a group of police officers who are sort of patrolling the streets of Malmo. But it's about their stories, their internal sort of struggles, and, and the world that Sanat has created with the writer Sile Yakert, who's also coming on the podcast in a few weeks' time, is unbelievable. It's so real. It doesn't look like acting as acting it's like you are watching uh life if someone is filming the real life of some place and you are just watching their lives and i thoroughly recommend it the second season is unbelievable there is a third coming up uh so let's just get straight into it let's talk to Sanna lenken here we go it's Sanna, Sanna lenken roll up roll up welcome to television times a new podcast with your host me steve otis gunn we'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms from my childhood, your childhood, the last 10 years, even what's on right now. So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you, but you're a bit blurry. <laughs> Am I? It should settle, hopefully. But I hear you. You hear me? <laughs> How are you? I'm a bit sick, so I'm in my bed. I just, we, we work a lot. We work... Uh, 12 to 14 hours a day and yeah. then I have to go to Gothenburg so I I live in Stockholm and I have to go every week to to uh, Gothenburg yeah and uh, yeah and I I mean I have two kids uh, at home so it's a bit harsh to go yeah. or hard to go well, one second I tried to lock my door 
So, Good sound effect. Uh, <laughs> so I just came home from work. Yeah. We finished at midnight last night and then I, now I'm in Stockholm again and I'm going to start shooting on Tuesday, I think. No, mm. Monday. Yeah. What are you You're not sick with COVID, I hope. No, I, I, I think I got sick because everyone is a bit sick because we're inside a room most of the time and it's very dirty inside there. And we are, oh. I have 11 actors most of the time in front of the camera. So it's hard not to, um, it's, I mean, it, yeah, it's easy to catch things. Yeah, it's like a school or something. Yeah. If someone coughs, then everyone gets it. Yeah. I've got three kids, let's get the number right. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them was off this week about two days ago with a cold and uh, that changed my week. And uh, then my wife got ill yesterday with COVID. So she's now isolating. Uh-huh, and okay. it's the first time. It's the first time. And it's never been in this house. Uh-huh. Um, but my kid it. hasn't got it. We had it, uh, all yeah. four of us. I had it when I had my premiere. I, I made a film called Comedy Queen. And yeah. uh, it was, um, I got it on uh, five days before the premiere. So, You're joking. Uh, yeah, and I had to do all my interviews on Zoom and uh, I actually went to the premiere because it is here in Sweden it was like if you have been sick for five days and you feel okay, yeah. then you couldn't go out. But to be honest, I was sick at my premiere, which was... No, um, really? Yeah. And that sucks. I, That's such bad timing. Yeah, That's no. awful. But everyone oh, was, man. I mean, it was not so fun premiere because it was COVID time and it was only yeah. the team. Uh, right. It was a cinema with 800 seats and I think it was 70 persons <laughs> invited. Oh, really? Oh, okay. People so were scared was, to go out maybe. Yeah, but but yeah. I, it is, the fun thing is that I've been working during COVID. I worked on many, I mean, Thin Blue Line and the Comedy Queen. Yeah. And now when I'm shooting, we we, we said that we all have all almost forgotten how hard it was uh, during that time you had to wear the, yeah. what do you call it the, the masks the masks and things and now we don't do that yeah. anymore uh, yeah i had to buy a covid test yesterday for my wife and i haven't i've never bought one they were always free last time we used one which was probably 3 years ago maybe i mean we just we were just very careful very clean yeah. lots of lots of hand sand i was probably more more than she was i think i drove her mad um you know washing vegetables and yeah. <laughs> like wiping down packet we did the whole thing and now yeah. it all seems absolutely crazy like that i ever did that and i don't want to think about it now <laughs> even though it's it's out there but the, now they treat it like like a cold they're like oh three days you can go outside again yeah. it used to be weeks they used to put people in rooms for weeks you know but it's some um, so, i mean i was i was oh. sick for five days and i think my yeah. My boyfriend was sick for like the same, and my kids had fever for one day each, mm. and that's and they were fine. But um, I don't think I have it now. I just feel really. I think I'm tired. It's yeah, like a combination of hard work and and. So you're stuff. doing a show? Can you say yeah. what the show is that you're doing or film that you're doing right now? Are you allowed no, to say? it's it's. Uh, I think I told you it's a secret because it's um, okay. it's about something that happened in in Sweden. 25 years ago i can say it's it's yeah. about nazism i can say so it's about oh, okay. uh, yeah it's uh and the uh, culture and it's very even though it was 25 years ago it's very uh much uh, what's going on in sweden today as well the same sort mm. of questions and stuff and yeah it's kind of dark but to be honest it's also very absurd the whole drama serious so really i laugh a lot even though it's really right. much of a yeah, it's a dark subject but it's yeah yeah you will see it when it comes out next I will, year I, will. I hope i will absolutely i will follow it uh, well if you're talking about 25 years ago 
that's yeah. probably about the last time I saw you. <laughs> I know, that, it's so is crazy. Is that true? Yeah. Something like I that. I brought this, I, I want to show you this uh, because oh I, I just moved uh, and I I found all my yeah. I, uh, my old photo albums and then you were in it. I have to show you. Really? Yeah, it wow. was such a Some night. old black and white photo from the 20th century. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's with flash, you know. It's Yeah, yeah. I remember your little camera. I, I I can't find it, but I know I have a picture of you somewhere with your camera. Oh, you yeah, I used to all the time. I used time. to bring it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I was not such a great. The pictures are very blurry and not so good. <laughs> you must have spent a fortune in film because that's pre-digital. I think right? this was yeah. your girlfriend at the time. Oh, go on. Here we go. No, that was my girlfriend. Yeah, we broke up. Uh, oh, three years later, I think. Uh, yeah, but it's my hair's so ginger. Why is my hair ginger? Oh, maybe I was dyeing my hair then. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I have this picture and then I have this coffee republic. Oh my God, coffee and republic, look I at have that. this. Oh my God, you got the <laughs> supervisor. <laughs> I, what were I we all? We, were all, we, yeah, we should mention that we both worked together in coffee republic yeah. in the Strand. Was it the Strand? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. The, yeah, it was the Strand. Oh. Here it says all, oh. Albemarle Street. Yeah, no, that's but it was the side the street. It was yeah, the yeah, strand. Yeah, yeah we should yeah, we mention s- that. But did you yeah, have a was... nice talk with uh, uh, Sila? Yeah, I did. I did have a nice talk with yeah. her. It was really good. Um, she, she. I'm trying to make sure I don't ask you the same questions because we did talk about. Uh, I want to say it right. Tunablalin. How do you say it properly? How would I? Tunablalinian. Uh, Tunablalinian. Yeah, <laughs> which is like you know accidentally because of you knowing you has become easily my favorite TV show of the last five years. Aww. I think it's like it's mm-hmm. it's just up there to me it's like you have the sopranos you have the wire you have top boy in england and you have your show in sweden no, that's and great. Just, <laughs> no it has to be they are the best shows absolutely <laughs> and that second season i i told see it because it was like the end of season two which i won't say because i don't think it's been on in the uk yet left me in a state of emotional turmoil i was in my lounge <laughs> and i thought it was finished and then it wasn't finished and then that ending happened and i was like fucking hell you know, was it? Was, is it Swedish? Helvetta was that Danish? Is that, is that Swedish? Helvetta. I say that now all the time. <laughs> because your your name comes up, which makes me feel kind of connected to it, which is fantastic. Yeah. And you know, the intro music uh, just it's one of the few shows that I let the music play. I don't mm-hmm. skip it because it sets it up. And... In case you were wondering, I'm talking about Tuna Blah Linjen, the Thin Blue Line, which is Sanna's very successful Swedish television program. It's just so real. The characters. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. even know where where to start really, but I just loved. And I do, you know, I can see which ones you direct. You always sort of direct the first and the last, and a few in the middle, don't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I did the, uh, my my job was to do the concept, like you know mm. how it should be directed, how a set design. Everything, like how it, how the world I created, I created the thin blue line world. Um, nice. And Sela, uh, Sela wrote it. So yeah, um, I, it's called in Sweden conceptual uh, director, I think. Right. Um, so I worked with it for a very, very long time. I made a lot of pilots. Um, really? First oh, one right. pilot and then uh, one more sort of maybe more a test i don't know how many things we did before we got the money to make it actually Mm. because they were afraid of uh, not having like a crime or like as you know this uh, or thriller it was drama and it didn't have any 
cliffhangers or you know it was not it was more of a yeah. what what sort of tv series is this uh and uh, it's like a window on their world it still feels like it's real and you're just filming some of that day isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. like, like you can imagine what went before and goes after it's not like yeah okay oh there's some actors acting it doesn't look like that at all yeah <laughs> it's incredible oh yeah and all the casting and every yeah so, were the original cast in the pilot or was it different people uh, it was the, it was uh, we didn't have we had uh, Gisam who plays uh, Leah and we had uh, Amanda who plays Sarah and Oscar who plays Magnus yeah. but we did we hadn't uh, Par who plays Jessa yeah I love Par yeah, that, that was only three we had actually that, mm. at, when we made a pilot it's a pretty strong beginning there mm-hmm. so how long was it between till we see when was season one? It was during COVID. Was it 2020 right. then or 21? When was COVID? Because we had our yeah. premiere, like we had some sort of premiere party making fire in the snow in Sweden. It was in no, January, right. I remember. Yeah. And you couldn't be more than 10 people meeting up. We were 11. <laughs> and right. we had, uh, it was during winter and we, we met outside because it was not allowed to meet in uh, inside. So season two was filmed with the COVID protocol, I guess, and season one. Yeah, of course, Uh, it was filmed last year. uh, Yeah, season two, I filmed it last. uh, Yeah, in in the spring two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, so many images and so many kind of emotional like connections to the the characters in in season season two. It built on it for me. It was obviously the big uh, storyline, which I guess we can just vaguely mention that the warehouse and how that impacts the entire rest of the season and everybody's relationship and like yeah. with uh, Magnus <coughs> trying to ha- yeah. help the worker in the cafe and, yeah. and sort of making her life even worse somehow. You know? <laughs> it's just like yes. all of it is just, and, and are they going to get together? And then, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Khalid. Yeah, Khalid. Khalid yeah. <laughs> as, as the kind of like the good guy. Yeah. And then he's like the social media, hey, you know, and everyone's like, all the kids like him. And then he, even he gets pissed off and it all goes a bit wrong. And yeah. you can see it, it's just like, it's incredible. You yeah. made an incredible world there. And Silla um, <laughs> said you was doing season three as well, which I cannot mm-hmm. wait for. Yeah, I'm not in, um, I would have liked to do it, but I was, I also like Giesem actually. We were both, mm. and Anders, I had another director I was working very close to. We all yeah. felt, okay, should we do it again or not? And she was very much like, no, I want to die. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, because uh, she didn't want to be, because it's also, yeah. uh, to be an actor in a TV series, it, it was a huge success here. So she, I think she didn't yeah. want to be connected all the time to Leah. And um, True. Uh, I got this job, which is a very interesting thing I do now. So I uh, I couldn't make it. They start shooting in November and it's too close to my, um, I have to edit my new show. So right, okay. um, it's actually three completely different directors making the mm. Third season. Okay. We will be very. I, I met them and talked about the concept, so I know. So you still have a, You still have your input to keep it. Yeah, I said. I, I mean, be. because it was a bit sad not to be able to make it again. But uh, mm. I said to the producers, I could just come and and talk about the concept with them, since they they kind of new directors. Actually, I, I don't think they've done at least one. It's very like a yeah. fresh one. So, and I also feel a bit finished with it. It's more like mm. coming home to a family to direct it. It's not like a challenge anymore because I've done right. it so many times. But yeah, um, it's gonna be. Uh, I, I Sila sent me a script page 
uh, yes, uh, two days ago, I think, from the new season. And mm-hmm. it was a character that I directed in the first season called Melanie. The first episode, it's a young girl called Melanie that okay. Sarah takes to her home. Do you remember? Right. It's like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's coming back in the third season. So oh, she right. sent me like a script page and and then, nice. then I said, oh, no, I get cravings to direct this scene <laughs> and then well, she you can said, come back for the uh for the season five finale the final ever episode yeah, they'll have but, to get you but, back for. but see, i think Sila is kind of Sila was not it was also with the third season it was not supposed to be a third season so it was more like mm. we no one of us knew if she wanted to make it again because she was very fed up in the end of uh, seconds mm. uh, tired i would say yeah uh, of uh, you know she produced so many scripts so, so many uh, episodes so i think she yeah. was just tired and then she got a new idea and then she got uh, her last back i guess and then uh, so yeah. i have noticed that with like swedish and danish shows as well a bit like the british model of like two three seasons and finish yeah. it's not like the american thing of just keep it going for 10 years <laughs> no you, know, you I do think... sort of you just do like quality and and end it but in the same time, I know Sila said she could go on with it forever because you can use reality and, you know, she can find stories just by reading the paper for for new mm. things to put in the show. So, But it's also heavy work for her to, to write so many. I think she's doing it on her own this time. Last, yeah. the first two, uh, two seasons, she used uh, other script writers to write like make she always wrote everything in the end herself i would say but she she used uh, script writers to sort of um, start working with episodes <laughs> so yeah. it's much of sila in it yeah i asked her quite a few questions i, I felt like i was annoying her at one point <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had any idea that I would be a director when I was in London. I was 19, 20, mm. but I actually wanted to be an actress. And I went to, I think it was called RADA, Royal Academy. They had some sort yeah, of yeah. courses that, that I went to. So I did some acting courses when I lived in London. And th- that is something, it's fun because I had a teacher and he learned me uh, not to to be in the moment was much of his work and i use yeah. some of his some of the things i learned from him i actually use in rehearsals nowadays with uh, oh, really? my actors uh, so um, i think i had uh, i started to i mean i grew up i became an adult in in london and then i came back to sweden and i failed being an actress i would say it didn't go very well <laughs> And then I what, really, what happened? I mean, we have theater schools here, like yeah. Uh, and I didn't, uh, I didn't get in basically, oh, right. and I didn't feel like trying so many. I think I tried two times, and then I felt like, okay, I'm too nervous doing this, and I, I can't mm. handle the the. Um, I, I just get too nervous standing in front of a jury, standing in front of an audience. So right. then I. I decided to start working with the film instead, actually. And uh, I was 25 when I started to to realize that I wanted to direct. Then I had already worked with film in different functions. But when I was 25, yeah. I decided, okay, I want to become a director. It's so interesting to me because when you're in London, you have a camera and you're behind the camera and you're seeing things yeah. all the time. And, you, you know, you were kind of already doing it without knowing it, I guess. Yeah, kind of I guess so. And I think it was easy at that point in the 90, when was it, 97, 98, there was mm. not many female directors. So I think it was more no. easy to think about 
okay, what should I do? I want to work with theater or film. Then, then you saw a lot of female actors, but you didn't see, I didn't see many female directors. So I think it's very much about that actually. And uh, role models that I didn't really have any role models. There was this woman, she came in. I remember she was Greek. That's all I remember. She kept telling me that I was making the coffee wrong. And I was like, fucking hell, I've been here for like a year. I know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. She just kept shouting. And she shouted at me in front of a customer. So I just threw the thing on the floor, went downstairs, got a bag, got a stamp, stamped up loads of loyalty cards. And I gave them to all the homeless on the strand every day. <laughs> and then they would just go in there and get massive coffees. <laughs> and, it wha- and I could see it was winding her up. But it was really funny because like when we worked there, I don't know if you remember... Um, there's a theatre opposite, yeah? Yeah, I remember. Um, uh, was Chicago one? I think Chicago might have just gone in there. Well, yeah. it, was on, it was about to go in. And I ended up working on that show. Uh-huh. So I ended up working on the other side of the road, uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, three years later um, on, that, on that musical. So yeah. it was like a complete turnaround. I remember having a nice time there. I always yeah. think of it as one of my, one of my favourite times because I just remember chatting to everyone. Me and you would yeah. just talk all day yeah. and, and that was it. And yeah. you'd make coffee, but you don't remember the working really. No, I remember you, know. you. I remember the people working there. And I remember uh, the annoying music that we had to play classical music oh, in the mornings yeah. and then some jazz record in the evening. And it was the same every day, the same. Yeah, music. well, they had this funny machine that played tapes at a certain speed. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> no. So you couldn't put your own music in. So they had a cassette deck, but it was the, the speed of the cassette was different to normal tapes. So if you put your tape in, it would be like... Uh-huh. So, so I hacked it. I don't know if you remember, but in the evenings I would hack it. I had a cable that I made a thing that would actually play CDs and then I'd play different music uh, in the evening shifts. And people used to come in and go, oh, this is kind of cool. And uh, I got caught and I got reprimanded. But Yeah, of course. Yeah. From, from the Mr. Customer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we went in and he wasn't playing Beethoven. No, exactly. <laughs> no, I also, also remember, I actually worked in cafes during my film school time as an mm. extra and uh, it's just kind of a nice work. Yeah. Some of the nice work i've had coffee shops delivering pizzas things yeah. like that I, yeah. I enjoyed those jobs there's nothing wrong with them <laughs> me too less stress than what you yeah definitely, what you have yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so in that time between 2005 and what 15 when your first movie came out mm. what was that journey like for you I, I was lucky i got a job very quickly after school it was a tv series for um, young adults uh and it was like a second school because it was it was the first time in Sweden we actually put it on the web, you know, that we were streaming. Oh, really? So my oh, it, nice. it was they were thirteen, I think, in the TV series, and it was uh, not young; it was more for teenagers. But it was yeah. um, it was the first time that it was on on the internet. So it was a cool thing, you know. And it yeah. was fifteen minutes. Every episode was fifteen minutes, and I made. Um, 26 episodes or something yeah i saw i saw uh, that on your imdb i was like 26 episodes yeah wow. and it was very cheap you know we didn't have right. money or anything but it was like a second mm. school to me and i think it was really really nice to because when you start working the, the difference from being in a school and then start working is the time limit you have because you have a budget and you have to uh, produce a lot of minutes every day um mm. and you have to keep up you know, the you you want it to be quality, of course, and then you have to find your way of very fast getting there every day, since you yeah. have the the time pressure every day because of the budget. Uh, so I think that was like a second school to me, 
to to make that TV series. And I got very free hands. I, I could do basically, I got a script, but I, they were very much like, do what you want. And um, so I improvised a lot and I changed it, but still, of course, still used the same situation as in the script. But uh, so it was um, the first thing I did after school. And then I, I had already, like you said, because I was... <laughs> My first film is, it's about a little sister uh, who finds out that her big sister has anorexia. And that was from my personal experience that I know you knew from when we worked. I was I was actually sick when I went to London, but I became mm. healthy during the time yeah. in London. And uh, so I had always uh, thought about this must, I think, most directors have like one personal story that I really need to make or something so, so I had yeah. this story in my head for a long time before I made it I, I think I wrote for six years before the final and really? uh, we got all the money um, and uh, I made a short film about it before just to get some sort of sometimes it's really good to make a short film before you make your debut yeah, get some traction. Should, like, I mean, I, I had, of course, made a lot of short films, but that short film was like connected to the feature. And it yeah. also got kind of a good, re it went on to festivals and to mm -hmm. Berlin. And uh, then I found uh, German co-producers because of that short film who wanted me to make my feature. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first, like, big, uh, yeah, my first, uh, I would say it's, um, of course, my TV series that I made after school was also important, but I would say that is the most important thing, feature film uh, TV series I've done because it's uh, when you have worked so long for something. And uh, mm. I think I found my method how I want to direct, how I want to work very much when I made that film. Yeah, and it's a personal story and you know you know what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to put yeah. out there. And it's a, and it's a hit and it's yeah, winning yeah. awards like straight away. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, I'm so happy for you. It's brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. And then, and then your second movie, which uh, well, it's, I guess it's been out a little while your end, but I, I hear that it's going to be on Viaplay soon. Comedy mm -hmm. Queen. Yeah. So I'll be able to watch it. I didn't want to steal it, so I'm waiting mm -hmm. to fit to watch it legally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, can you tell us a little bit about Comedy Queen? I know it's obviously also won awards. So I should say, let me say this because I'll say it in the Englishy way I can. Yeah. So first of all, My Skinny Sister won the, is it Berlin L Generational Best Film? Yeah, uh, yeah. the Crystal Bear for the best, yeah. Yeah. Crystal Bear and Comedy Queen also won the Crystal yeah, Bear. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so she's on a roll. She's on a roll. And yeah. you also got a Swedish award called the Gullspira Award for Achievements in Children's Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you've got a big glass cabinet. Yeah, it's here. It's actually here, my prize. You Is can it? see it. The Gullspira. It's okay. like a goat with a golden, some golden. Oh, all right. This. Have you got? You need to make some room for the Oscar. It's going to be yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so. uh, It's coming. <laughs> Comedy Queen. People might not know so much about that movie. Do you want to tell them a little bit? About yeah, that? it's it's about a, it's about a thirteen-year-old girl who lost her mother. Uh, but it's uh, it's from a children's book from the beginning, so it was I I didn't write it myself, and yeah. it's very much uh, like a mixture between that I like this mixture between warmth and also sorrow. So it has its ups and downs, but it, it's uh, like the title says, it's both comedy and tragedy. Hmm. And uh, I have a great, great uh, girl plays the lead. And she also won a, a, the Swedish uh, 
the best actors last year. She won no this year actually. Yeah. She won the, wow. the prize, and she's only sixteen. So it's yeah, I saw that. It's, it's not often a sixteen-year-old uh, win. Uh, and it was just best actor. It's not an age it, thing. It's no, just no, no. It actor. was the best actress Sweden wow. two thousand. 22 yeah she won that um she she's doing like an amazing job with that role so i think without her it wouldn't have been a film because she's in the picture all the time yeah and she's uh laughing crying going through so much stuff and she's so yeah watch it together with your kids i would say uh, from 11 maybe uh, Mm. and up and it's really a family film it's more a family really? film okay. than a children's film it's more like yeah. I, I really like when parents have watched it together with their children oh, okay well i mean there are sad things in children's cinema let's be fair especially american stuff it's just full yeah, of dead yeah. parents and things so you know yeah. a little realism is is okay yeah less fantasy yeah less your 10 year old watch it together with yeah, you yeah. yeah i will try my son likes watching uh he really likes swearing you know when they they hear swearing in something they're like you know and they want to watch it there's a lot of comedy stuff that we watch they'll be like they'll walk through and and someone will say fuck this and go what's that can i watch it yeah yeah yeah. it's the same with my job (laughs) a film can be good just by you know someone using a swear word yeah i'm okay with swearing i don't want them to see too much violence or too much sex no at this point no be aware of that but if someone says you know, the odd swear word or something. They find it funny. They love yeah, it. They're yeah. all doing it at school yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. They're all swearing <laughs> at school. 100%. I like your system. They start too young here before they're like reading and testing and it's like, oh, uh-huh. can, can you just please let them play? When you are when you are six, actually, you you sh- should just mm. play. Or oh, I read this somewhere that uh, that age is much um, like a pre-puberty, but like a small mm. puberty when you are six and oh, you're right. yeah, yeah. like everything is a little bit. Uh, and uh, it's a good year to start going to school, actually. So seven is more like a good year of starting to be more responsible for your mm. you know, learning. And do you have forest schools there? Maybe, yeah, some hmm. like outdoor school. In our mind, that's what you do in Sweden. Everyone goes to forest school. No, no. Because <laughs> one I person did, said it once. My girls are very much city girls, I would say. I mean, my, right, right. my yeah, yeah, big girl, she goes on her own by, you know, with the tube to her school every day. Yeah. And bus. I love that. I only went to Stockholm for the first time in 2018, 17. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, really, really Next time it. you have to call me. Absolutely, I will. We got, went there for like uh, my wife's birthday and we landed and, and uh, she wanted me to go and get some wine cause to celebrate and all the, sh- the yeah. wine shops were closed because it was I past know, the yeah, She was so angry at me. She goes, why have you brought me here? <laughs> what do you think will be the top TV show on television in 2050? Uh, all these uh, discussions about AI, what to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, AI, yeah. AI. I hope it's, uh, if I can wish, it's a very personal story with real actors and real directors <laughs> behind the camera. That's my my wish. Uh, and I hope that we can make films in 2050 in Sweden now. 
culture is under pressure. They won't mm. get rid of, uh, like a little bit like it's in, in, in Britain, that they want the culture to be not the state, is pay, what do you call it? It's not, it's not based on tax. It's more like a commercial survive right. or not survive. Uh, uh. So there's so many discussions right now in Sweden how to support culture or not support culture. So I, I, I'm just happy if someone is making films. I really, I'm very happy. No, TV shows, but TV or film. Yeah, yeah. Real people making films, I would say. That's, That's what you hope for. Yeah. So if I asked you that question in Coffee Republic in 1997, what would you be watching on television in 25 years? I bet you wouldn't say baking shows or people working out if something is a cake. No, <laughs> that's, that is that's all that's on. It's that's baking shows like. and cooking shows. Yeah, it's. I would never have guessed that. Never. No, I'd never think. No, true. I think in 2050 over here, what they might have is like a game show where the winner gets like healthcare or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because <laughs> that I could be imagine. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> you win some teeth. the funniest thing you ever saw on television uh the thing is that now maybe you don't like it but I, i'm very fine it's okay. the, the office when it came i would say yeah. it, i mean affected it it was a huge impact in sweden you know rick gervais and he had the whole the way it was shot and mm-hmm. the way it was uh, the acting and everything i think a lot of uh, at least here comedy is inspired by you know, the office still, I would say. And the humour translated okay? Because, I mean, you guys speak perfect English. So. I don't remember. But, I mean, now this was ages ago I watched it, but I, I just said it because it was, uh, I don't know if I've watched, have I watched something really? I watched, I watched Borat with my six-year-old <laughs> <laughs> last week. The first, and the I first too- one. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I, because I didn't remember, it was so uh, it was not okay. I, I I turned it off. The bag of shit. Ten minutes, I turned it off because it was too much much about sex, and she didn't understand anything. But she thought it was very funny because it was uh, yeah. he pooped in a in a bush in New York. That was very oh, yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. laughed a lot. <laughs> Doesn't it open with him kissing his sister and saying she's the number two prostitute in all of Kazakhstan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, I didn't trust. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't understand English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any, yeah, yeah. Now, so I didn't translate things. But then I turned it off after like yeah five minutes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, not, she I'm was. Sure we that. laughed. We laughed so much, both me and her, because some of it was just you know funny. And yeah. uh, I, I usually we watch a lot of humor programs. Me and my girl, Swedish ones, old ones. Yeah. Yeah, we have a nice time watching different silly TV shows, most Swedish because she doesn't understand English. Going back to Borat, which is a film, we mentioned films, you do this, <laughs> not your film. Um, but um, there was a time, I don't know where, was it the Olympics? I worked on the Olympics in 2012 in London. And every time you play a national anthem, you would have, for some countries, they didn't care, like France, we'll get it right, America, fine. But if it was like the Chinese, they would come around and they would check and they would double check and they would check and Koreans as well. They would check. You got the right one. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm getting this right. Somebody played for Azerbaijan, the anthem from Borat, the fake one. <laughs> 
and they played it at the Olympics. No. I'm pretty sure that happened. Actually, it was the shooting team from Kazakhstan who were taking part in a championship in Kuwait in 2012 when, during the medal ceremony, they played the national anthem from Borat. Hence why everybody was on tender hooks when we were doing the Olympics, checking those anthems. Borat's racist now. We can't watch that, can we? That's racist. No, it felt it felt old. <laughs> to be honest, when I, I watched the, the, those the 10 minutes that we watched, it was, uh, yeah, the years... Uh, that has passed in, since it was mm. made has, yeah, I would say it's not okay anymore, <laughs> some of it. <laughs> yeah, there's even jokes like I watched, do you know Red Dwarf? You know that TV show from England? Red no. Dwarf, set in space. And there was a, I was watching one with my son yesterday and in it one of the characters was talking about um, him meeting an underage girl and they called her jailbait. And jailbait is a terrible word now. And he said something like, she wasn't jailbait, she was 17. I was like, Fucking hell. And that was from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mid-90s. I was like, oh, that's not that's not okay anymore. The guy's like 35. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I, it's, it's really weird how things change yeah. and how things look now. Yeah, I know. And I was laughing. I mean, it's like the current generation find yeah, friends offensive and things like that. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But also, calm down. But yeah, I get it. Let's try this. What's the first thing you remember as a kid seeing on television that scared you? Uh, I think E.T. Uh, E.T.? Yeah, I was really scared. Oh, scared. I mean, it was more that I, yeah, I thought it was, he looked really creepy. (laughs) But uh, then I was also sad, of course. Then he was cute. And then in the end, I bought bought a doll who looked like E.T. So, I mean, but uh, I think I had nightmares about E.T., and also, but I remember it was a TV show called V. V, yes, this has come up before, uh, V. But uh, I was not the... allowed to watch it. Maybe I should watch it now because all my classmates, they were allowed to watch it, but I wasn't. Mm. I was so mad with my parents. But I'm much more of a parent that I, I want my kids to get scared. <laughs> like my, my 10-year-old, she watched Stranger Things when she was nine together with me. Mm. So um, I don't... Well, Stranger Things will probably play into that E.T. fear, right? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The shared and that's it's a copy she from loves, that, right? She loves it. So, And she, of course she gets scared, but she she's totally obsessed uh, well, I talked about V with someone else and they didn't realise, but you know it's about Nazis, basically. How uh, was it? That's what uh. it's... Yeah, if you look at the logo, it's like it, it's kind of like a line and then two dots. It's kind of like a half swastika. Uh. And the son tells on the parents, on the grandparents, they, the son is like part of the alien... Uh, he becomes like the, the Hitler youth, basically, for the aliens. And then they tell on their own parents and then their parents get sent to a camp. Mm-hmm. It's all about that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all, a lot of it was uh, stolen for like uh, films like um, Independence Day, things like that, with the with the UFO over every big city, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? That's where the first, where it first came from. V is very pivotal. It's rubbish now if you look at yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I, but, I did, never watched it. But, I just wanted to watch yeah. it. Oh, you shouldn't. You don't. No. Want, it's, it's damaging. I think <laughs> okay. it's damaging. I won't watch it. When you were in London, did you? Because like I can't remember this. Like I do have problems sort of remembering how I saw things. Like if there was a TV show that was on in 97, 98, I didn't have a television. So how did I see it? Or how were you watching TV when you were in London? No, or was no it we didn't. I, I don't see. We didn't have a, a TV. I, I stayed in different flats, of course, moving mm. around yeah. in our, yeah. I remember I lived in Camden for a while. Nice. And we didn't have a, no, we didn't have a TV. 
to no, and I don't think I had the TV. Definitely didn't consume as much TV that, of course, that I do now. But um, yeah, uh, I watched a lot of, when I lived in London. I watched a lot of films. I uh, went to um, that uh, that place next to Leicester Square. It was like cheap Prince Charles. It was called Prince Charles Cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could go there and for four pounds. It's not. It was like two pounds. And then I went to different cinemas. Too. So I watched every week. I watched a lot of films. I remember in London. Yeah. And I went with you were friends. Studying. I went with friends. Yeah. I went on my own, and um, that was my concern. I didn't consume TV. No, I didn't watch TV. I think at all. Do you think like because I I talk about this with friends often that. Like the life you had in in London, I, I moved there earlier than you did. Mm. I, I am from London, but I did have to move back because I moved somewhere else. But the sort of going to London and living in a flat and having that life and working in a coffee shop and actually surviving, you can't do that now. It's absolutely impossible mm-hmm. because, you know, the re- you lived in Camden. Yeah. It would cost you a, a kid. If a teenager went to like London now, They'd need ten thousand pounds just to start up. Uh, I mean, it's it's really it's so out of control. Like, I do feel very grateful to have like been able to live that way in London yeah, in definitely. those years. Yeah, the, I mean, it was a it was a great a great time. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, no, I it was a great it a time. I mean, it, it's not the same anymore with Brexit. I, I was sad with Brexit <laughs> no. because I remember how I was. It was like a thing you may you did when you were a teenager. Either you went to Paris to go to Sorbonne, or you went to London. Yeah. And uh, it was very easy to find a job. It was easy, even though you, you couldn't speak proper English. It was kind of, it was very easy to find jobs. Mm. And it was very quick that you learned, you know, the culture and the, the language. And, but I remember it was hard work because it was, um, we actually stayed 10 people, I think, in one flat. So it was expensive during that time as well, but not I guess mm. not as expensive as it is now, but it was. Um, d- did we earn four pounds I don't an know. hour? It was terrible. I think <laughs> you, you became a supervisor. Did I become <laughs> assistant manager or something? We all got titles, and I think it just meant that you could have one more sandwich yeah. or something. Because they used to charge, didn't they? They used to, unless the food was. This is Coffee Republic are dead now, so we can say whatever we want. Yeah. This, it doesn't exist. Coffee Republic still exists, and they've got twelve locations in the UK. But they were such tight bastards. Like you could have a sandwich for free, but only if it was out of date. How was it? <laughs> yeah, but it was so rude. It but I didn't so eat anything because I was anorectic. No, no I remember <laughs> I had pretzels. They they had yes. the pretzel with mustard. I liked them. Yeah, the French mustard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where I got into that too. That's incredible. I used to take those anything that was out of date and nobody wanted. I had a second job at Pizza Hut, so I would take all those sandwiches and I would sell them to the drivers for a pound each because they was sick of pizza yeah so they put them through they put the coffee republic sandwiches through the pizza oven and eat them hot oh that's crazy a little side hustle going yeah well sana it's been lovely speaking to you i i know you you have to go but um let's let's stay in contact and good luck in your your new tv show i look forward to finding out what that is yeah i send it you some article i can't send you the link maybe hopefully you it will come to uk i hope it will be great Via Play is available in the UK now for £3.99 a month. Uh-huh. And you can watch all of your Swedish mm-hmm. content, which is um, Danish and some Norwegian. So it's pretty good. Uh-huh. It's a pretty, pretty good system. I haven't got it yet, but I'm going to get it. Uh-huh. So thank you very much for yes, coming on Television Times. It was nice to meet you I again will. after 25 years. <laughs>
it's not mad yes it's mad but it's you're the same (laughs) i know well you look the same too you look exactly the same just haven't got the camera i know it's great i'm gonna stop the recording now yeah was Sanna Lenken there, the Swedish film director who I worked in a coffee shop with back in 1997. She's going from strength to strength. I'm really intrigued to see what her new TV show is, what it's all about, and uh, I'm sure I will watch it and get back to you on here next year once I have, because it is bound to be fucking excellent if there's anything like her other work. And now to today's outro track. This is a weird one. Normally I try and put stuff out on here that sounds impressive or is a lot of work. It's quite serious or whatever. Uh, But I also have this sort of other side to me where I will write serious songs, but then I will write sort of funny, silly songs. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of madness as a kid and I sort of have that circus element to my songs sometimes. I mean, the intro to this podcast is a song called Nothing Funny About That Clown, which I guess I'll play at some point. But I always used to do that. Almost like a B-side idea in the future that, uh, you know, when I was a kid, there was B-sides. So I'd have the song and I'd have the silly B-side. It's kind of what Madness used to do. So I've got all these silly songs that are almost like childlike songs. Um, This one, though, is called Mr. Mediocre. And I remember writing this, I think it was like on a New Year's Day or something. I was very bored. I just got a bass guitar and I started to learn bass properly. And this is the first song, I think you can hear it, where I'm actually playing it pretty decently. And so I was really into my bass lines. And um, yeah, this was just a silly song I bashed out on my own. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time came and sang all over it, uh, a little bit loud in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's all there. And uh, you can really tell it's in an era of Britpop. So the reason this one's on here is it's from 1997, which is when I was working with Santa. So I figured, you know, if I'm talking about working in a coffee shop in 97, I should sort of play a song that I must have written around that time. And this is one of those. It's a silly old thing. It's a bit Britpop. Uh, you can hear the influences. Mr. Mediocre, here we are. You won't hear this anywhere else. La, la, la. Germans in the war in 1917 Opens up his window Watches the parade As the flags are waving in the wind He shouts away, he said He said he'd like to be the one The media loves And so he climbs And then he dies Mr. Media He has nothing to say Missing charm and feeling quite irate He tried to grab attention But cannot move his lips But now she holds a needle on the polished floor She said, she said I never meant to be the one The media loves But as he dies She sympathizes Mr. Media Nothing to say Mediocre's dead now Hold the front page, yeah 
I've got fucking tons of songs like that. Loads of them. Just fun, just silly. Uh, let me know if you want me to put uh, more of those out. Uh, you know, I should make a compilation of them, re-record them. They're just funny, right? I think, listening back to it, that there was an element of the Blur Stroke Oasis thing, like Mr. Mediocre being my sort of uh, comment on Oasis's lyrics maybe being a little bit boring. And, uh, yeah, I think there was something to do with that, and that's why I was doing the Blur sort of-esque backing vocals. Anyway, who knows? Maybe that's what I meant. Maybe it's not. I quite like Oasis. I don't know why I'm uh, saying that. Uh, no dissing to anybody. Okay, uh, come back next week, and we will have another guest for you. So, until then, please review the show. Please follow all the things, all the things. Subscribe, explore, blah, 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 blah. See you later. Bye-bye.